Good afternoon, ladies and gentlemen, and welcome to Bike Time. My name is Terry Toop, and today's show will be called The Towers of Power. Not the group, a group that's still performing after 50 years, the tower, the tower of power, okay? So today we're going to talk about the invention, creation of the personal computer, how it's used. I mean, not so much how it's used, um, how it came about to be used at home and its functions and the functionality of the, the personal tower computer that's being used. We're going to talk about how it started and all of the functions that it has over the years, you know, the motherboards, USB ports and all that stuff. Then we're going to talk about how the computing world has changed. Everyone's not using desktop computers at home. There's still some out there. Um, but they're not as widely used as it was, let's see, 30 years ago or 25 years ago. We're going to get into that. And then we're going to talk about the upcoming NCAA tournament that starts next week. I'm going to do a show on that next Friday. Okay. Um, we're going to do that one during the day, probably in between um, the breaks of the games. So we're going to do a tournament show. And this is my best time of the year. Because I love conference tournament. I watched the Duke uh, Miami game last night. And I heard North Carolina got be. I fell asleep on it. Also, the uh, Southeastern Conference tournament between Texas A&M and Arkansas. Texas A&M got a bid. The way they've been playing, they deserve a bid. So we'll get into that. And also, the Big Twelve uh, tournament, a conference tournament, is playing today. We had Texas Tech versus Kansas. And we're going to get into that a little bit. And then so a few of the things. All right. So let's get started and talk about the personal computer. All right. So let's end that. And I hope everyone's staying warm today because I'm here in Maryland. It's snowing. It's snowing. We don't want that. Okay. Really? It's, it's almost April. And we have snow. Do you believe that, people? I can't believe it. Really? It's snowing? I can't believe it. Yeah. It's, I don't know. I'm, I'm a guy that loves going. I love the seasons. But I think we want to say goodbye to the uh, old man winter. We want to see them go. All right? So let's get started and talk about the history of the personal or desktop computer. All right? I know we've all used them. I still use them today. Um, I use them at work. Uh, people still have them at home. I per se don't have one at home. I've had one before from from um, uh, old residents, an old compact. We're, we're great. We'll talk about that, and we'll talk about a few other things that how you know the desktop desktop computer was really formidable back in the day, but now there are other ways of computing. And we don't really, I'm not saying we don't need it, but the size of them, of, of the desktop computers have taken on a task where they're not portable. All right, so we'll get into that, okay? So let's get started. And as everybody knows, you know, computers start early in the 60s. And, you know, but the first desktop computer was um, was the Olivetti Programma. My Italian isn't good, but it will go for from here. All right, it was released in 1965 
and it was the size of a typewriter. So just imagine me telling you this, and everybody knows who's old school like myself, those old, big, bulky Smith Corona typewriters. So the old, so the, the, the first PC was that big. So just imagine lifting that thing up with all the processors that are in there, all the, the circuit boards that are in there, okay? And, you know, then all of a sudden, this, this computer, desktop computer was uh, shown at the World's Fair. Then through the mid seventies, Tandy came out. You everybody remember Tandy from Radio Shack, right? The TRS eighty, Apple, and the Commodore personal computer, nineteen seventy seven. Okay, and the desktop computers became increasingly popular in subsequent decades with IBM. Okay, and the Mac, Apple Macintosh. Well, people have realized that the early computers were really bulky. I mean. They had these big monitors. We were the cathode ray tube. They were huge. They were so big. They were really, really big. So once you put them down somewhere, you don't want to lift them up and bring them to another place unless you put them in a secure place where you know it's not going to be moved a lot, okay? So the displays, you know, they sat on top of, uh, someone sat on top, on top of the computer. And it was laid across horizontally which were these back in the day were the all-in-one computers, basically, okay? But the over the years, the computing business, especially the desktop tower computers have changed, okay? So, like I said, the Tandy came out, Radio Shack, that was their, that was their thing. Uh, Tandy, that was a corporation that owned Radio Shack. And Commodore Business Machines, they were out, okay? Even back in the day. So Steve Wozniak and those guys were working on com computers. Then, you know, people started to realize that, you know, they had built their microprocessors at the time, but people did not want these big bulky machines in the houses, okay? So they came out with these personal computers, which were perfect, you know what I mean? So back in the day, uh, late 70s, and then I could say early 80s, Tandy Corporation, they had Radio Shack, they had electronics. So listen, you know what? Let's start putting these computers out, these personal computers, all right? You know, had a microprocessor in there, four kilobits of memory, and a Z80 processor. Okay, we're talking about the late 70s, okay? So the processors are not that strong and fast and powerful as they are today, okay? So keep that in mind, everyone. Keep that in mind. And so... And you had the basic programming. If anybody old school remember the basic, the VisiCalc, those programs, that's what, um, that was a program language that was used at the time in these uh, Tandy computers, All right? And at the time, like I was saying, they were selling them for $400. Fully assembled and tested. Can't go wrong, okay? Take it home. All you gotta do is plug it in. You knew your computer programs, uh, your, um, your commands, you're good to go, okay? Apple. When they came around, VisiCalc, another old school program that was used, okay? And they were the first with the VisiCalc, which was used for spreadsheets, uh, mostly computerized accounting at that time. And, and all of a sudden, 1981. Let's see, 1981, I was a sophomore in high school. Shh, don't tell anybody. All right, that's our little secret here. So in 81, IBM, we talked about them before how dominant they were of a computer company. 
IBM says, listen, you know, we've been in this business for a minute. Okay. We got, we have the best engineers here. Let's do something better. Let's get the uh, size a little smaller, but faster. Okay. And then they said, you know what? Let's create a software spreadsheet called Lotus one, two, three. This was before Microsoft with the office. And let me tell you, I loved it. I don't know why they got away from that. Why did IBM? The Lotus was great. I loved it. I was using Lotus up until almost till the millennium. I was working for, um, what was that company called? With the uh, Direct Connect, Nextel. And we didn't have Microsoft Office. We are using Lotus. It can't go wrong. It was great. It was a great, great spreadsheet office uh application that they had it was fantastic anyway let's go on let's keep talking okay so ibm came up with the personal computer you know it had an intel 8088 processor in there and it also had as some operating system called ms dos microsoft okay and there you go. That's how things start to go. You had an OS in there now. And then here comes Apple again. And they had a computer called Lisa. Okay. And it had a built-in with a GUI. It was a graphical user interface. And that GUI was doing, you know, it was telling you, uh, it was perform basic routine operations to run in that computer. Okay. And then they came up with a thing called a mouse. I mean, you know, here things are for me, formulating here. 81, 82, all right? Apple. And then Apple came up with a great computers, the Commodores. And then I remember as a kid coming up that the Apple computer, I mean, excuse, yeah, the, Com the Commodore 46 computers, they're playing games on it. There were video games uh, with the uh, Commodores, but they were great. The graphics on there were excellent. Excellent, excellent, excellent at that time. And, you know, the Lisa GUI became the basis of Apple's Macintosh personal computer. And everyone liked uh, using them. And Macintosh was successful for desktop publishing. What does that tell you now? Hey, here we go. We're going to talk about this again, okay? Okay. And then all of a sudden, Microsoft was saying, you know, listen, we can do something better, okay? They came out with Windows. There you go. Here comes Microsoft, bam, we got a better, you know, we got an operating system that, that accommodate everyone, okay? From the government to private businesses, to schools and homes. And then all of a sudden, bam, Intel says, listen, we got processors that can handle this too, all right? So they come out with an Intel processor, was it uh, 8038632-bit, okay? So now, we're getting more, you know, 32-bit processing, a microprocessor at the time, okay? And then here comes a company called Compaq. Compaq was really good. Compaq had good stuff. And then they mer Compaq merged with HP, so that's another story we'll get into later on down the line. Um, then IBM came with the PS2s. 
okay, which even had better speed and the memory capacity was even better, okay? So now you're talking, now, hold up. We're in a competition now. Here we come, boom. Apple says, listen, all right, you guys can do that. I got Motorola to help me out here, all right? They come up with a computer, 64 kilobits, okay? Or 64,000 characters, all right? And 100 megabytes. Now you're talking. Wow, here we go. And then in, coming to the 90s, all right, gigabytes of, you know, a million gigabytes. That's a lot coming out in the 90s to, you know what I mean, okay? And then all of a sudden, uh, computers, the desktop computer was the thing to have. And, yeah, like I said, I had a compact. Well, I, used, I had a compact at the time, and it was okay. You know, for the time, it was okay. And it did all right. And, but you know what? I mean, I'm like everybody else, man. Desktop computers, it had everything. Um, you had just like, hold on, before I go any further, just like the laptop, okay? But the desktop computers had a little bit more power at the time, okay? So you had your USB ports. Now you could hop, you could swap your drives, the optical drives. You could take that uh, regular CD-ROM and and put that to a burner, okay? So now you got you can put a burner in there. So now you can hot swap that out. Bam! Now you got those USB ports, okay? And now you got a computer that's like, hey man, listen, I this thing is great. Can't believe it. But as you know, time changes, people changes. Then here we come. All right. So even though everyone liked the desktop computers, things are starting to change. And you know, everybody doesn't like change. And now we have the PDA, personal data assistance coming. Okay, it does computing, all right? But people still have the desktop, but guess what? We got something I can use in my hand now, okay? I can't do any, I can't do any of the other stuff. But guess what? If I need to, you know, go to a certain site, okay? Uh, what else? If I need to get emails, uh-oh, that PDA again, right? So we're going to talk about, we're going to do some more talking about that. But, okay, so as the millennium came around in the 2000, you know, PCs or desktop towers, whatever you want to call them, people were still using them and the processor is starting to change. So they're going to a one core processor, okay, where you had that one core doing all uh, doing a lot of work, okay. Then you had the high-end graphic cards in there, processing cards that are in there. So like, a, like say, for instance, if you were big into the gaming or stuff like that, at that time, like Diablo, I think Diablo came out then, you had to have a particular graphic interface card, a graphic card for your your sound card, then you had to have one for your graphics. So the motherboards had to change inside that desktop computer. So that's another thing that a lot of people are like kind of souring on the desktops, okay? So 
you know, that motherboard had to be configured, let's say, a K, a K2 motherboard or, you know, there's a whole bunch of them out there. So that had to change on the desktop. The people, the game is like, man, look, man, I, I got to buy all this stuff if I want to play these certain games. So, but people were still buying. And to this day, people are still buying desktop computers for gaming. Um, from what I understand, I had a friend of mine, he, used to, he was spending like $3,000 because he needed specific uh graphics cards, sound cards, then he had to update the memory on the, on the computer because you gotta, if you're pushing a lot of uh, data on there and the graphics, especially graphics, man, you gotta have some memory in there. I'd say at least 6,420 gigs of RAM. You got to, at least, at least 128 because you're doing high-end resolution graphics, I mean, and a lot of, and still to this day, people are still using the desktops. Okay. And like I was saying, you know, the millennium chain, I think the millennium did a lot of things that were good. And, uh, but the personal computing environment totally changed because here you are going to rush at home or go to school on that big, on that computer, that personal or the tower computer. Then all of a sudden, you have these manufacturers that are coming out with these PDAs, tablets. And I'm like, hold up. I can do that and do that on my computer? Yeah. And guess what? You can even print Bluetooth. If that print is Bluetooth, you can print from your PDA. You can print from your tablet. You can print from your iPad. You know what I'm saying? So... That all of a sudden, you know, things started to change. So, like I was saying, we'll talk about this some more. And like I was saying, in the beginning, in the 2000s, 50% of all households in the U.S. owned a PC, and this penetration increased dramatically over the next few years. Um, in 2018, more than three quarters of U.S. households have either a desktop or a laptop. Like I was saying before, computing has changed since the 2000 at the millennium you know we had mergers of uh, it companies and we were able to com compute basically anywhere you didn't need that big desktop but the big desktop i would say if you want one for home use hey grab one okay personally i don't have a need for them i still use my laptops so say, for instance, I want to go out of town, which has happened, and I'm going to be gone for a few days. And like I say, when I, I went to Texas a few years ago, and and I needed to take care of some um, bills and stuff, I, I had to have my, I took my laptop with me because my sister has a uh, Macintosh. We're going to get in the Macintosh, too. We're going to talk about them. But my sister has a Mac, and I couldn't. Everything I do is piece is PC. So that was a waste of time doing that. So, but like I was saying, the PC market, I mean, the tower or the PC computer is not going to go anywhere. It's just that it has dwindled significantly because of the uh, explosion of PDAs, tablets, iPads, uh, any other kind of mini, any kind of uh, smaller computing 
that's what's on that's what's happening nowadays so but it's you're still gonna have them like i said i use i use them today but i just did uh you know it's not as prevalent as it was before but let's talk about a particular computer model if anybody knows that um i am not a big um apple person but i worked at uh comp usa back in the day and I think it was around 1998, 99, that uh, IMAX. What are these IMAX? What are these computers? Steve Jobs. He had left um, Apple and came back. Apple was in some major problems. They were having some major problems. Steve had left and he was instrumental in the IMAX. Steve Jobs, like I, t- I talk about him all the time, because I think, God bless his soul, and he, I know he's up in heaven, but this guy created a phenomenon with his his vision, with the synergetics of the movie industry, um, Nemo movies, all those CGI movies he created, and then he went back to Apple, and here we go. We're going to talk about this. The IMAX, the IMAX are 20 years old, people. Do you believe that? I remember I was working at CompUSA, and you couldn't keep them on the shelves. That's how fast they were flying off the shelves at CompUSA. That's an old retail computer store, people, if you don't remember. But, yeah, so 20-year anniversary of the, not so much anniversary, but 20 years that this computer has been on the market. And... Like I said, the first one was introduced back in May 6th of 1998. And and let me tell you, it's, I mean, excuse me, this is more than 20, it's more than 20, but still 1998, they came out with them. But Steve Jobs saying that he came out with this design of all in one. And, and I'm telling you, he had it designed. The iMac was designed by these two guys. Um, Two gentlemen, Mr. Name is Jonathan Ivy, and he was from East London. And he was, matter of fact, he still works for uh, Apple. And like I said, Steve Jobs and other gentlemen involved, like uh, Mr. Ken Segal, and this it's unbelievable. And they designed this on one computer. You know, you got everything right in there. You got your monitor. Remember we talked about the Tandys? Look at this. But you want something. When they came out with the um, iMac, okay, these machines are like, what the hell, color? And then to top it off, the iMacs were in different colors. You could buy blue, yellow, orange. You name the color. They had the iMac. And people loved the different colors of the iMacs. And the machines, like I said, when they came out, all right, I remember, I told you, I worked at CompUSA. It came with a uh, PowerPC G3 processor, all right, 32 megs of RAM, okay, and a 4-gig hard drive. This is back in the 90s, late 90s, okay, and a 15-inch monitor for $1,300. People loved the Macs. They loved the Macs. Jeff Goldblum, if you go on YouTube, look at the commercial that he introduced everyone to the IMAX. 
let me tell you, there would like I said, there would, even it came out in '98. Let me take that, but it came out in '98. But um, they've been around for a minute, and they're still out there. But they're a little bit more refined and smaller, and of course, more powerful. I think, um, matter of fact, they do. Apple makes their own processors now. We don't need Intel. They make their own processors for their PCs. That's saying a lot, okay? Because that's not an easy market to get into. And of course, look at them, they're still, they're still thriving, okay? They're building their own processors, M1, M3 processors, okay? So, like I was saying, they came out in different colors. Um, you have Bondi Blue, Lime, Strawberry, Blueberry, Grape, Tangerine, and Blue Dalmatian, and Flower Power. I mean, it was, no one else came up with this idea, none of them. IBM didn't come up with this. Uh, Compact didn't come up with this idea. Who else is out there? Um, Hewlett Packard. They didn't come in on that. It was the vision that Steve Jobs had, and they made billions of dollars on this. Billions, not millions, billions. Okay, and like I said, today they're still out there. The iMac is a little bit; it's totally small enough, but they still got them out there, smaller but more. The technology in them has increased exponentially, and it's, you know, and they make their own chips. Their, their chipset is their own. They're not relying on Intel. That's why that company would never, ever go down. Okay? Look at this. This Now, this is what I picked up in here. You're running M1 processors in there. Okay? These guys are brilliant. I don't care what anyone says. I don't like I told everyone, like I told everyone in the previous shows, I don't use the Apple computers. It's just I don't have that much stuff that qualifies to use uh uh the Apple OS, you know what I mean? But I know how to operate them. You know, like I said, a lot of people enjoy using them. I and mean, it's hard and they're very expensive to get fixed. So at least I can fix my own PCs, you know what I mean? But when it comes to like an Apple, oh no, 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 sir. You take that thing to that Apple store and be prepared to see the money dwindle out of your pocket. <laughs> they're very extreme, extremely hard to get fixed. So, yeah, yeah, people still use the, you know, they they got the processors in them too, just like the laptop. They got i5. I would never buy a desktop with an i3. That thing probably slows a dog. I would never buy one. Your i5s, great i7s oh now you're talking i9s now you're talking a processor that's going to blow the blow the doors out for a desktop which is excellent and like i said you you want like i said not too many people have like i was saying and, and you know in my research not that many people are using desktops because like i said apple's got the imacs i mean excuse me the um we all have a lot of us have pcs and tablets so if we got to travel somewhere, plop, plop it open, bam, we're computing. Come home, prop it open, bam, we're computing. And you can print from the tablets or I mean, iPads, whatever you have. You can't do that. Desktop, okay, you still have to, I mean, you still can print. You know, you don't get it twisted. You still can print, but... Wouldn't it be easier to have, you know, boom, bam, bam, print easily, Bluetooth, 
you still can, but you know, it's, it's a convenience. I think people are convenient. Like me, I have my laptops. I print from Bluetooth and it's so easy. You know what I mean? What the hell? So I see we have some people on here. Uh, Apostle, I, uh, me, Ernest, if I'm pronouncing it incorrectly, just, uh, hit me back and let me know. And DMAC, hey, DMAC, I don't know if it was DMAC, if I'm saying you right, DMAC, welcome to the show. Appreciate it, appreciate it, appreciate it. So, um, let's get into the, I'm going to talk about the NCAA tournament that's coming up. So, to last night, no, let me tell you, a couple of nights ago, I watched a really good game, an old Big East shooter. I mean, not shooter, but the typical Big East, boom. Villanova versus St. John's. Now, St. John's been in the Big East since the inception, okay? And they've been on not the greatest of all ball teams, you know, the old Chris Mullen, Walter Berry, Mark Jackson, Willie Glass. That's a name for me. That's going back. You know, when Louis Consacco was coaching uh, St. John's, you know, they've gone on hard. Chris Mullen tried to come back. He eh, went okay. I think he had like one or two good uh, winning seasons, one NCAA tournament. But I saw a game between St. John's and Villanova. I don't know how they do it every year, but I don't know how Villanova does. They have no size. Their guards are okay, but they, they I think the cohesiveness of them playing together is unbelievable. Jay Wright knows how to coach. He knows how to coach the game of basketball. So I got to give him credit for that. They're not going anywhere in the tournament. Let me tell you that right now. They they play for the Big East tournament tonight. Um, do I predict them to win? I don't know. Creighton's like one of those funny teams from the Midwest, man. I don't know about these cats, you know? <laughs> so I don't know. So I don't know. So I'm going to respond to the great people here. And anyone got a favorite team for the NTA tournament uh, coming up? If so, give me a shout out. Um, let me know. Let me know. I'm, 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 I love hearing from other people. Uh, let me know where you're calling from. I mean, you're, you're emailing from, you know, I'm on the East Coast here in Maryland. And I love to hear from people from the West Coast, down south, the dirty, dirty, you know, anybody else from the Midwest, Pacific Northwest. Hey, I'm here. I love to hear from you. If anyone would like to advertise on my show, let me know. We'll get that hooked up for you. Anyway, so. The Big East tournament is going to be okay. Creighton and Villanova. I don't know anything about Creighton. I don't. I've never seen them play, but I am going to watch a game tonight. Um, who else is playing? Oh, Kansas is playing Texas Tech. Okay, now this game. Okay, this is all. About, Texas Tech is about defense, so they're going to play a tough, defensive-minded game. Kansas wants to get up and down the court. They got a two guard. I can't pronounce his name. Man, they threw an alley you pass to him last night's game, and he just dunked it. Oh my God. I his, I think his kneecap was hitting the guy. You know what I mean? That's how high in the air he was. But I'm looking forward to this NCAA tournament. Um, my team is not going to Syracuse Orange. What a pitiful team this year. They had no athleticism on that team. Nobody could barely score something for the coach's son. Okay, they had no athleticism. They had a guy, the backup point guard for him, and Bayheim let him go. 
The guy was 6'6". He could play backup point guard. They got manhandled at the point guard position. The interior was okay. But anyway, I don't want to talk about it. Anyway, so we have some other games that are going on today. So Duke versus Virginia Tech. I don't know much about Virginia Tech either. I only seen them play a couple times here and there, but ah, not that good. I mean, I, I mean, not that good, but then the, then the ACC final, and that's in Brooklyn tonight. So I'm looking forward to it. I think Duke's going to win, okay, because Duke's got a big alumni association in Manhattan, and I can't see them. I mean, they're, to me, you know, I'm not a big Duke fan. Like I always tell everyone, I'm not a big Duke fan, but – Duke has a good team. The big power forward they got, Paulo, um, I forgot his name. He's good. Six foot ten, and he runs like a gazelle. I love him. The kid's gonna be a number one, number two pick in NBA draft. He's gone. Okay. The two guards are big. Okay. And they got Mr. Griffin there, the small forward. I mean, Duke's got inside, outside. Then they got the tall guy. Was his name Edwards? The guy, he looks like he's about eight feet tall. His arms are so long. And, and I don't know what to tell you. He is, he's long and he's tall and he's good. He blocks a lot of shots. Uh, only thing I think Duke is with them, they get complacent. And they know they're good, but they don't show they're good. Okay. You know what I mean? Then let the team beat their butt. Gonzaga is not winning the title, they're never going to win the title. Unless they come out of that shell and play some ballers or go to the Pac Pac twelve. They're not gonna win anything playing that West Coast Athletic Association. They're gonna win it every year. But they're not they're not playing no top notch competition day in and day out every week. You know what I mean? Go to the big boys, go to the big twelve. You're probably gonna make even more money. You know what I mean? You're probably gonna your, your school's gonna make so much money more. So much more money. So, and like I said, this is going to be an exciting NCAA tournament because I don't see a dominant team. If uh, anybody agrees with me, if you have email, hey, email me and tell me what you think. And, but I'm going to be watching some games tonight, uh, six o'clock. I think the Kansas game comes on. Excuse me, 6.30. The Duke game is on at 8.30, so I'm going to check that out. I want to check out the Big East tournament. That's a 6.30 game on Fox. I definitely got to see that. I've been to the Big East semifinals in Manhattan at Madison Square Garden, the Mecca of basketball. And, and let me tell you, when Connecticut comes to the game, it seems like the whole entire state of Connecticut is there. So other than that, that's it, people. And um, that's a wrap for the show today. And I appreciate the three members, uh, Apostle, Ayamiba, Ernest, D-Mac, and DaCosta. I appreciate you guys listening to the show. I appreciate everyone's everyone's uh, participation. And if, like I said, if you have any emails and you want to email me, you can email me at uh, my email is terrytoot at gmail.com. Or you email me here uh, through um, Podbean, and I, will, I always, re, you know, reply to all emails. So other than that, everyone, uh, stay safe, stay warm. I don't know what part of the country you, uh, you're listening from, but if you're on the East Coast, depending on where you are, 
Um, please stay warm. I, I heard the road's going to be a little slick, so be careful out there. And please, please, please say a prayer for the people of Ukraine. They're getting bombarded. And I heard the other day that the hospital got hit with kids. And just say a prayer for the people of Ukraine and keep them in your thoughts. All right? Ladies and gentlemen, I hope you have a rest of your good day. Take care. Be well. And we'll do the show on Friday afternoon during the NCAA tournament games. And if you have any insight or and you'd like to talk, come on the show. And we're more than glad to have you on. Thank you and have a great weekend.